see, he's telling me I'm muted, so I got to figure that out. Sorry about that. It's been a while. I was telling you that I was having all these trouble uh, uh, loading up today, and, and sorry about that. And the whole time I was muted, and uh, I'm not now. I'm uh, we're all good now. It's been a while. Some of you are veterans, have never seen me muted for a while. Uh, some of you, some of you are, are. This is the first time maybe you've heard me. If this is the first time that you've ever watched the show live and me been muted i would like for you to say something in chat please we we want to we actually have an initiation ceremony for you some of you have are veterans and you will know the mecca like a high mecca honey ho and you will know what to do that and uh yeah uh i remember in a stream a couple years ago or so you'd said that only one percent of america's during a slavery era in the u.s actually owned slaves can you share your source reference greg mc that number is actually the number of people in the south who uh signed on the to the confederate papers less than or one percent of them owned slaves so you can look that up and prune my lips i encourage you to um also greg i i want to remind you that most of the south um Actually, the slavery model had been falling apart for a long time, mainly because of the rise of consciousness. Keep in mind that one-third of the Seminole tribe was black. I mean, one-third of the Cherokee tribe was white, and about half the Seminole were black. In fact, um, the Trail of Tears was actually a settlement arrangement where uh, a giant portion of the Cherokee population was actually bribed to move. And uh, uh, the Trail of Tears is a, a brilliant, beautiful look at uh, not only Watiko, but even deeper, our, our tendency to uh, utilize every ounce of vitriol that you could find from either side of the issue, whether it was something we did good or whether it was something we do bad. So um, there's an uh, entire episode called White Slaves Matter, another one called... Uh, Look up H.K. Egerton, please, Greg. H.K. Egerton, H.K. Egerton. And you'll see that I've done a lot of... I might be spelling his name wrong. Um, I might be spelling his name wrong. And uh, that's a great question, Joey. I hope I remember that because I want to get to that. That's some good meat right there, which you just asked. Um, but But... The first meet that that I'm I'm doing is is what what Greg had mentioned. Um, check out White Slaves Matter, please, Greg. There's a stream on that that uh, I give you a timeline breakdown of white slavery in America and and just its entire entire uh, move. Um, I'm not able to give you the source for that Confederacy paper. However, I don't actually know if anyone's actually been able to even disagree with that. I. When you actually look back at the apparent uh, hatred of the white slave owner against the idea of Emancipation Proclamation, guess what? You're not going to find it. Guys, guys, the, the, the anti-Confederates' biggest, biggest figure that they have, that they claim, this is the figure that proves that all of these people were racist— the biggest one is a, is a man by the name of Nathan Bedford Forrest. This is the token scapegoat of all of racism, all of white supremacy. 
And Nathan Bedford Forrest delivered the very first speech to what would become the NAACP in Memphis over a weekend-long retreat where there was a shitload of barbecue. The guy said some of the most eloquent, formidable, formidable things that you could expect out of the greatest orators of his time. And he said that at right after the uh, slaughter of the occupational move that we called incorporating America was taking place. And in that address, you notice not only is there a theme of equality, but there is actually a preservation of the beauty of diversity as it existed, not just between the whites and the blacks, but between the entire Confederate alliance. There were five nations that were considered civilized among the Indian people. And all five of them, all five of them, Greg, actually thrived in the South. So when you do the math and you try and paint which part of this country is the most racist during the colonial days or the pre-colonial era, you're going to find that the South actually had the most diversity by far. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Has it occurred to anyone that the reason why France, uh, Germany at the time, soon to be Germany, uh, England, I'm talking about like the superpower move, uh, Spain, and I'm sorry, there's one more. Oh, Italy, no Turkey. It, I don't know. There's one more. It's either it, it's it's Iterurki, turtley. It's turtley. That out of those five countries that all decided to invade. Uh, America at exactly the same time and all of them were pretending it's because of the tea and the and the taxation all of that story has it ever occurred to anyone that how come there wasn't a major nation that was aligning with the south <laughs> and and the reason why that is is because the entire purpose of telling you that Columbus discovered a new land and discovered America was to literally cover up the movement and the occupation of a foreign land that was already possessed by other people. The problem that we had with Confederacy in the South was not racism, it was integration. Do you realize that the Highlanders from Scotland, that uh, literally Sequoia, the image of Sequoia himself is probably a Highlander who came and did a little uh -uh, uh -uh, underneath the wigwam with some Cherokee uh, snatch. It was a beautiful union that was taking place, the, the entire birth of the alphabet itself. And, and actually, if you, you need to back it up, because 400, 500 years earlier than that, we're seeing these uh, European influences on the Iroquois Confederacy. We're finding the trading of copper and all kinds of things that have been happening for centuries and centuries. So... The, the entire idea that, that, that this was an unspoiled virgin land and we came in and, and, and we invented slavery is A, hilarious, and B, completely antithetical to actually what was happening. The problem was that uh, Amuraka was too accepting. It was so accepting that it was telling Watiko, give me your Watiko, give me your tired, your humble, and your Watiko, and bring them here, and I will let them ravage me. And that's literally what happened. If you want to understand truly, truly what's at the heart of uh, Indian alcoholism, if you truly want to look at what's at the heart of 
of the entire psychic phenomena that we call Amuraka, you're looking at a, a group of unspoiled virgin feral bodies, somatic virgins, against a city-dwelt population that was stacking itself on top of each other and on top of each other. The, the, the conditions in London were so horrible, so horrible, that the government was, was creating free boat rides just to throw people out of there. And that all of the pus and the sinew and all of the sweat and the spit, all of the herpes, simplex 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 were allowed to breed inside the cane of civilization. There's a caning that takes place where you break a specific branch and you break that branch because you know if you invoke trauma in a certain area, it will elicit growth like you've never seen before. And the meeting of the Watiko with the meeting of the feral virgin Umbra is tragic as much as it's spoiled, as much as it's un un unfathomably, you cannot... You cannot titillate yourself more than that. It's the ultimate prom night. The ultimate uh, giving over of the virgin. And that's a maraca. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. I hope that helps. And I, I really recommend you check out that, uh, that stream. It's a good one. Oh, thank you, Thomas. Uh, episode 226, White Slavery Matters. There's your link. There's also another, uh, there's another one that looks like white slavery matters and it's, uh, white lives matter. I bet you that's it. White lives matter. I bet you it's that. I can't remember which one has the HK Egerton, uh, HK Egerton, just a wonderful man. I've, I've knew him personally in Asheville, just, uh, one of the early freedom fighters that I found was not doing it for fashionable reasons. Although he could have been doing a little bit. You know, there's nothing wrong with fashion. I take it back. Forget what I said. That, that was from a different time. It's from a different posture. From yours truly. Hello, everyone. Good to see you all. Yes, so well, so sharp. Yeah, yeah, so well, so well's good too. Certainly will. Great, Greg. Let me know what you think. Uh, injury can cause positive remodeling under the rights yes for no reason raisin exactly yes that's the caning the lesson of cane do you realize here's the kicker <laughs> here's what sucks man poor cane oh god that guy's just gone through so much meanwhile abel's like uh what am i a fucking rockefeller what well, you know what's going on but but truly uh no offense abel but dude why <laughs> Abel, why are you living in a world where you think that no one's going to hit you with a rock? Why are you doing that? Look, I get that we can go all over this with whole, okay, James, so you're saying that, that, that the way that Abel was dressed caused him to get stoned? And I'm telling you, yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm telling you that in a world where there's only one other guy in the world 
that it shouldn't be that hard to look out for yourself. That looking over your shoulder should not take that many calories, especially when you watch God literally gaslight your own fucking brother. You're being golden child like a mofo. You have all these extra calories, right? God is literally sunning your balls and your ass cheeks as you walk around, right? You come out of the porter poly. He's like, oh my God, I just love what you did in there, right? And so could not Abel have used those calories wisely and just, just, just kept a little, little bit of look on his six, just a little bit. It, and another thing, Abel's first death. Dude got put in the Guinness Book of World Records by his brother. No one, no one thinks, no one thinks came for that. Okay, I'm, I'm pushing it. I, I realize I'm pushing it. I realize that. Yeah, Federal Clam Bake was a good episode. You guys should check that out. Uh, oh, yeah, was, was it H.K. Edgerton? Okay. Okay, so first of all, A, I misspelled Egerton. Thank you for correcting that. And B, it was Federal Clam Bake which is another episode that maybe I was muted in. I don't know. Who knows, right? Who knows? I should get to the show, shouldn't I? Uh, a lot, lot going on around here on the airship and James Drew Live, first of which is my ear itches, which is problematic because I don't have feeling in my ear, uh, which makes it sometimes really tricky. And, uh, yeah, it, we, uh, we got some things. We got some things. First of all, my current mood is 33 hertz. I, I look at this picture. I am, I am in love with this picture. I think it's gorgeous. I should probably take off the text because it kind of ruins it. The the archetypal aspects of this picture really really move me. And 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 I I've been telling you guys that the hive is forming, and and I think it's right here. I think that this would be the perfect uh, conglomeration of of what the hive would would mean. That the the Nephilic giants are, are are right in front of us, and the structures required to build them are going to require that they be uh, gullivered into a central machine. Right, that these giants are here holding up the the wires of 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 a neurological system that's frankly too big for us to even even comprehend. It's so large we 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 really don't even see it. And so we render it as our own personal lives and we put these separations between us because they flat out make us feel better. Ah, yes, Juneteenth, another episode. You're gonna, this is interesting because all those episodes were happening in June and tomorrow's the cusp of June. Before I tell you about tomorrow though, I really want you to know that I'm gonna be live at uh, Astronosis too. And uh, you can check me out there. Not only can you check me out there. Let me see if I can get this link in the chat. Oh, it's not letting me do that. But uh, not only can you check me out. Oh, I know. I have to do it here. Not only can you check me out there, but uh, there's also a discussion later about it. Like there's a, a live Q&A, stuff like that. And uh, let me see. I'm going to see if someone's going to put that. I'm going to try and click this without it actually going to the link. Copy. There we go. And, uh, yeah, you could, oh, Spectral beat me to it. Oh, man, thank you. Actually, I'm not, I'm glad you did that. I, I was sitting there going, I wonder if Spectral's, this is what I get for not telling you I'm going live until a few minutes before. Yeah, well, welcome to the world of working with James. It's always fun. 
Okay, so yesterday I got this. First day of LGPD Pride Month tomorrow. It came up and went ding. And I was typing and I was looking at it. And uh, actually that was today. It's happened today. Tell me that tomorrow this happened, right? And as soon as it hit, I remembered exactly how I felt last year. Whoops. I remember exactly how I felt <laughs> last year. In fact, I think I streamed about it. I remember I saw the notice and I remember thinking, damn it, the agenda. Oh, the fucking agenda. My God, the agenda is just driving me nuts. And I, I remember feeling the whole, oh, the agenda. And, and there was a voice inside my head. I, I distinctly remember this. I was starting to... But I, this has always been a, a, a movement of finding a, a higher elevation for my vulture. And I... I remember feeling the 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 cult around me as it binged in my computer, right? And I've tried to shut this off before. And when I shut this off, it shuts off something else that's really important. And so I have it back on. When I say this, I mean this notice. Yeah. First day of LGBTQ Pride Month tomorrow. That's the notice, podcasters. I should have told you that first. And the cortisol that entered my system last last year told me, James, is this the only way to feel about this? And I and I, I practice what I preach. I don't always practice what I preach, but sometimes I do. I'll accidentally practice what I preach. Hey, what freaking, you know, why don't you sue me? For, for actually practicing what I preach preach in a while. But uh I I I remember I remember asking myself, is this is this really the only is this really the best way you can feel, James? You you're uh energetic shaman working on your craft. Why 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 is this the best energy you can pull from this? Because you have a large calendar system that's, that frankly, it's, it's violated your entire computer. There's nothing you can do about it. It's always going to be there. Is this really the, the best way to be? And I thought about it. I didn't consciously, my neocortex didn't do this. It didn't do this at all. But you know what's interesting is that two months ago, two months ago, I started wearing this. This is a rainbow. It's a rainbow sock. It's a sock that that had the shape of a rainbow. And I, I started wearing this because um, I was going to uh, throw it away or something. I, I forget, but I was like, I was like, you know what? That's the rainbow. And as soon as I thought about the rainbow, I started thinking about the LGBTQ, uh, all of that transactions. And I... And because it was a few months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm missing energy. I could collect, I could collect more energy out of that. That, that this experience that, that I'm having, um, I don't know if I'm collecting energy as much as I'm shedding it. And when I taste the rainbow, I lose a little of electricity. When I see that, I lose a little. And usually June, I, I point out how completely obvious the eugenics program is and how that how clever it is that they're utilizing the gay pride movement to even implement a eugenics program. And that that it it showed you a cleverness 
uh, on their part and be a knowing how gullible on our part at simultaneously at the same time. And what I'm telling you, I don't, this is why I talk about aperture. I don't think that, that I'm disproving myself at all. I think it's a wonderful eugenics program. Like if you were to be like, okay, option A, we shoot the firstborn male of every family. Option B, we implement a series of uh, chemicals that we call pest control, along with a series of movies and television shows that invoke a sense of uh, optimism, yet uh, victimhood inside a certain group. And that group, we will literally have alliancing themselves to any form of sexual activity that does not recreate a person. And then you start to put that together, that theory, and you realize, oh, well, lesbians, okay, they don't, there's going to be kids coming out of there. Gee, okay, that's not going to work, right? Uh, B, okay, bisexual, there's like a half chance, but come on. Bisexual dads, they're just gay men who pretend they're not. You know that. You know that. Some of the most famous ones are pretending right now, okay? So it's not B, T, trans, well, that's not going to work. And you go through all the letters and you realize what I'm saying is right, but it actually is, doesn't matter that I'm right because how does it make you feel? And I don't actually, I don't care if people are gay. I, if, if you find pleasure in the genitals of someone else, I, I think you're resourceful, A. And B, I don't actually have any kind of framework that requires me shoring up my sexuality by asking you to feel a certain way about yours. In fact, when I see someone that's constantly concerned or, or mentioning how gay something is, all I see is, dude, just be gay. Just be gay. Be happy. Put the genitals near the genitals that you want. Keep in mind the lips are genitals too. That the genitals start from your mouth and go all the way down the bottom and that that there's all kinds of shapes, right? And extrusions that genitals come in. And I don't necessarily see that there needs to be an Ikea, you know, diagram that shows you what, what's proper. I, I say, go for it, man. Do whatever you want. This is a weird place. Do whatever you want. And this year, because of my, my magic bracelet, I've been embracing the rainbow. I've been telling myself that. I've been uh, doing the same thing to the rainbow as I did the 666. Have you done that to 666 yet? I was at McDonald's. I was buying a large fry. They're very expensive now. Extremely expensive. Holy cow. For the price of a large fry, you can almost buy my book before I raise the prices. It was nuts how expensive they are. But anyway, I was waiting and I got my receipt, and my receipt said the order number was 666. And I did the same thing then that I did with the rainbow. I had already been saying, well, 666 is kind of a cool number. It's actually kind of a... Look at this. Look at the carbon atoms. It's got six protons. It's got six neutrons. It's got six electrons. Wow. Most of us are made out of carbon, which means to hate or fear 666 would be to fear the power of man. Holy shit. And this light bulb, right, just went off. And I just started like, wow, I'm going to embrace 666. And every time I've seen 666, I've actually ran, ran to it and said, oh, that's my number. 
yeah, yeah that, that's my number. I'm not like possessing it, but I'm like, yeah, I totally resonate with that. And it turns out that everyone who fears 666 is putting all of their power into it. This is just how alchemical batteries work, right? Prana is inserted through the space and the electrons, and it clings to the orbit of the protons as they're flying about, and the prana or parthenia is able to imbue itself much like a battery. And as you come and you were able to effervescently download energy from the battery simply by accepting the archetype that was stored. <laughs> and so there you are. You're now pulling power from 666 because you no longer fear it. In fact, you understand the, the number's yours. And you start to realize that this is a giant pranic bank and people are putting energy that they do not want into the number 666, hoping that someone more responsible will come and take it, and I volunteer. So should you taste the rainbow, bitches. Do you see how this works? Taste the rainbow, bitches. Right? It all comes back. It's all returned, and it's beautiful. And so now I'm loving Pride Month. I think it's great. I encourage more people to go out and have gay sex. I think it's great. You know why? Because it has zero bearing on me with the exception of it kind of helps the eugenics program. Now, do I personally think the world is overpopulated? I used to say no, but I drove through New York. Got to admit, it's a lot of fucking people there. Like a lot. And, and... Some of them, not all of them, some of them are very rude and they can't pump their own gas. I think that if you live in a state that you do not trust your citizens to pump your own gas, I think maybe, maybe we should have a little discussion. Maybe. That's all. So I know, I know we need a eugenics program. It makes world, the world better, which is so hard to wrap your head around. You're going to have to come to airship for me to explain. But it's true. Gosh, it's so true. It's so... Oh. The kind of posture that you're going to need to leave and listen to shows like this is frankly stunning. And I know that some of you have already learned that compassion is not consent. You don't actually have to agree with me to put your posture into the same radar just to hear what I'm saying because you just find the yoga interesting. And I want you to know that if that was a jolt right there that just hurt too much about how the eugenics is a constructive act, I get you. But but I need you to know what apoptosis is. I need you to know that there was a time a long time ago where 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 part of you wanted fingers, another part of you said, "But think of the children," and the part of you that wanted the fingers said, "I have thought of the children, and the children are fucking this up because they want webbed fingers, and I I need space between there, and so those cells need to die, even though they're wonderful, even though they're great." In fact, the whole webbed thing that you guys came up with, Mr. Cells and the Human Body, great job. I'm not saying I don't value that, you know. In fact, for 3% of you, we're going to allow your toes to be webbed, all right? But fingers, it's, we cannot be creatures from the Black Lagoon. It's going to ruin the, the, the uh, wedding ring industry, and it's going to throw off the economy. It's going to be a real mess. So no webbed fingers. And, and we had that entire thing. And this entire thing has always been this struggle, right? Between what makes us better and what makes us not so better. And so I really do just have a completely different taste now of the rainbow and about just how it all works. 
and this might be controversial, but I've just been going through this on Instagram. I've been going through it. And I, w- I want to just take a moment to talk a little bit about the autists today. And I want you to know that I understand the statistics and I know that there's a good chance that uh, maybe 8 out of 10 of you uh, probably A, don't 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 know you're, you're autistic and B, probably have kids that are autistic and either you're, you're somewhere on the spectrum of either uh, saying that they have it or uh, claiming that, that they have it but it's not bad or claiming that they have it. It's horrible. There, there's all kinds of places to be. And I just want to remind you that, that all of these exercises are giving you a brilliant glimpse into the true face of humanity. And just as the Japanese are always on the cutting edge of like putting underwear in vending machines and finding new ways of, of expo, uh, expo, expo, exfoliating, let's say, uh, new realms of shame, that we in, as America have the same ability to do that and we're doing it with autism right now. And I know this is going to be hard for some of you to hear based on where you're at. And I, and I hope that you can see that actually where you're at is going to be determined on which part of this actually makes you mad, which I hope shows you that there's enough popery here to make every one of you angry in the same way. And that the anger that you're feeling is actually not necessarily the result of what I'm saying. It's more the result of just, of just what's happening now. Because the autist today is not the same as the autist 20 years ago. And today, when you're discussing autism on the open market, you're an ableist for thinking something's wrong. But you're a denialist for thinking something's not wrong. And you start to peel away and look at the human face and you realize that the psychology behind the idea of autism being that nothing is wrong and it's genetic is coming back to that same same lesson of 666. Do you see it? The psychology now, autism now, is saying nothing is wrong and it's genetic. Can you see the layers of denialism formed on top of the other layer of denialism that's secreted in this nice, gentle, milky yoke of denialism, all placed inside of a white, crisp shell of denialism, placed in a nest of denialism, guarded by the denialist bird? It's not a disease, yet it causes suffering. It's, it's a blessing, and it's not a curse. And ask yourself, if a parent is telling you that it's a blessing and it's not a curse, what are they actually telling you about life for them at home? And when you start to compassionate what that feels like to be in the environment now where you're an ableist for thinking something's wrong and you're a denialist for thinking something is not wrong, that there's a special torture on autism lane for any parent who goes through this. But guess what? It's not a handicap, but you can't expect them to be capable My son is not handicapped. He just needs care for the rest of his life. And it's a blessing. It's not a curse. 
well, why'd you say that? Because it's a blessing and it's not a curse. I, I didn't argue. It's a blessing, not a curse. Why do you keep saying that? When you go on social media, there's a, a special kind of autist, a social media autist. And they certainly don't represent the whole group. And if you hear me as saying that, then please leave a comment about how horrible I am. But they're, they're telling you that, that we do not feel emotions and we appeal to your emotions. And they tell you we suffer from crushing social anxiety and we find comfort from producing, directing, and publishing this anxiety on social media. And it's a fashion. It's a fashion because you're an ableist for thinking something's wrong and you're a denialist for thinking something is not wrong. And anyone who dissents is neurotypical. And this is what denial looks like on a countrywide basis. That the first thing that happens during a drought is people insist, insist that there's not a lack of rain. That's the first sign of drought is an insistence that there's never been a lack of rain. There's an insistence that, that, that what you thought is rain was never rain, and that it was a delusion that you had. And you're an ableist for thinking we need rain, and you're a denialist for insisting we don't. And that you're neurotypical for insisting we become either handicapped or handicapable. Just as you're a cis for insisting that maybe this all is a eugenics ruse. You will gather berries from every branch, and if you think you can only eat from the right ones, you're going to die. And if you think you can only eat from the left ones, you're going to be sodomized as you keep insisting there's got to be a berry somewhere. What is it like right now Because what I see is the worst vacuum in the world placed over the very last bits of electrons that could possibly be considered worry or concern. And why is worry and concern being evacuated? Because everyone knows what the concern and what the worry is and it's pointing to and something larger. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because I no longer know anymore. I used to know. that the 15 minutes is set in and I've learned who the people are who've always burned witches and I'm no longer convinced that the true enemy is the pharmaceutical industry when I measure who and why and how the pharmaceutical industry works I realized it's the most obedient, pulled from the herd, asked to make these decisions and that these are the decisions that they will make every single fucking time because they know something that I used to not know that is the true nature of the human condition. That when you try and look at man, you were torturing him by expecting his spine to be too tall, something I've been very guilty of very recently and, and will forever be. I see so much potential in people. And I end up being a tyrant and a Nazi for it. Now, the same people that they're seeing potential from humans are called ableists now. 
there was a time when autism wasn't a thing. And there was a time when autism wasn't a thing and there were people that had autism and they were in the room and both those existed together. And never once were we insinuating that it was genetic because we understood something new is happening, something's here. And as I said before, I do not know what's here. I used to tell you what I think I know is here. And I, I just have too much faith in the process to insist it has to be wrong. Which means, in a way, I'm a denialist too, you could argue. But I know where the chips always come, and I know where I always lose. And I always lose when I bet against nature. I always lose when I insist it has to be the bad guys. I always lose when I bet that this is the deep state working again. And it's never that way. There's a conference coming up in July, put on by Alex Zek or something like that. And a very famous guy. And he's got David Icke and... Uh, Amanda Vollmer and Andrew Kaufman and all of the all of the panel and it's insisting we will end the eugenics program so that it will never happen again and this panel is made up of people that are not for profit that they are here to to find the truth because they have a a sheer raw unadulterated need for the truth and it's not about money and when as I start to read that it just tears me apart Because on one hand, all of the panel denies that contagion exists when, when the entire panel would be forced to admit if I was to have them in a corner that propaganda is the worst contagion and that the very virus of propaganda itself has been the thing that's brought so many down. And when I tell people, well, why would you want to be in the eugenics program? And they say, because the eugenics program is here to kill the people that are awake. And I explain, but look, by your own definition... The eugenics program is killing the people that would fall for such things. And when you look at the panel, you see that the same denialism is there now that was here before Corona started. That there was a denial of a deep state long before there was a denial that government is even valid. And that that same denial has actually been elevated to the top just on the other side. So now we ask you to deny contagion itself. But you and I know how, how enthusiasm spreads. You and I know how dread does too. You and I know how fear spreads. You and I know how optimism spreads. And you also, if you've read my book, you know how belief is torqued. And you know that the definition of a virus is something that's invisible, that's causing harm. And that there is something invisible that has been causing you harm. And the answer may not be to go to a place where they're selling you the very same cures the pharmaceutical industry is selling you and insisting the whole time that it's us versus them. I don't see a difference except for now our leaders are telling us there's a lizard king underneath the ground who rules us all. That we've replaced the lizard king that lives in the White House above the ground for the story of a lizard king who now exists below the ground. And that we're saying that's how we're going to win by going to this conference. I, I see this everywhere. 
And there was a time where it was killing me because I was sad, but I'm not sad because I think that there's built into the fabric of this world. There's always this beautiful diaphragmic feedback that's coming back to tell the very people that are insisting that they're championing it that maybe, just maybe, just maybe you're wrong. I only know this from my own things that I've gone through. And so this world just keeps giving us these lessons. I'm not right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm clear. I'm not right. I'm clear. And clear is not, not correct. Clear is a way of seeing things. That I know that, that there's certain rooms that, that the only way I can go into is by smearing Crisco over my eyes. And that that would be the best way to walk through that room. Right? This is the beauty of understanding morality is not a singularity. The scent is neurotypical. There's a disclosure spell that happens when you say you're autistic. It's the same one that I gave you in episode 288. Holy shit, that was a long time ago, James. Like back in 288, James, you were you had that static on constantly on your mic. It was just constant... <laughs> And me going, hello, my name's James, and I just want to talk about autism. But, but then I was telling you that the schizophrenia, telling someone you have schizophrenia changes the relationship between you and your autonomy. It's a disclosure spell. I have schizophrenia is a disclosure spell. Telling someone you have depression changes the relationship between you and your autonomy. Yeah, I've been suffering from depression. Oh, Oh, I guess I'll treat you now secretly differently, but I'll never tell you that that's what's happening. That'll help. Just like telling someone you have a disorder changes the relationship between you and your autonomy. That's why the social autist, the fashion autist that I'm talking about, is actively telling you. Look, we don't have any handicap. We're just not capable, that's all. There's a difference. And if you can't figure it out, frankly, you're an ableist. And this disclosure spell I used to take as a sign of weakness, but it's not. This is a beautiful creative act. James, what are you saying? It's a beautiful creative act. James, don't say it. I'd say beautiful creative act. James, don't say it. They are forming the hive. And this will be a grand invention I have documented for you in the Ark of Baphomet, one of the many themes in that wonderful book. Holy shit, what a book. I've never gained so much altitude from writing anything in my life than that book. And if you haven't read it, read it yet, frankly, I don't know why you're here. Because that uh, concept, this concept of how we are constantly taking thermodynamics and reevaluating ourselves is proof of this theme that I'm telling you is in the book, which is that consciousness rises in the reflection of God in the room. That as man's psyche learns to develop its heels, it will create something called God, and that that God will take the form of something from the sea. And that from the ocean, this thing will grow legs and the tentacled Abraxas will rise up from the sea and conquer the land. Why? Because you, your neurological motor, your capacity for religion now has more calories than it's ever had before. And that's why we know the date. We know the month. We know the date and month that the word religion was born. Because before that, calories did not have enough to subside 
in its own word. That religion then was a conscious talisman that was tied to your wrist, and it was you slash disassociated, but only because it was touching you. And that that's how, how powerful your electricity was, that it could sort of leave your body, but not too far. And that as our psyche grew, so too did our religion, so too did the legs of God himself, that God now could walk on land, that he was no longer limited to the water. And we invented something for the very first time. We invented a church. It was not a church before. Academia is telling you they were churches, and they were not churches. They were buildings. It was so much more condensed. Government, tribe, uh, family, economy, survival, all of these were meshed and melded into a singular thigh, a singular femoral, a one-limbed organism that you could not call religion, that you could not even call belief. It simply was existence. It was the only way to survive. And that over time, this consciousness not only grew legs, but it started to wear clothes. It started to occupy a house. It started to have its own tenets, its own laws, its own books, its own sacrifices, its own day. And that you're watching the mind grow through the use of psychic religion as it pervades society around you. And the fetishes of sex grew to the fetishes of the belly, which grew to the fetishes of the lungs, the holy breath from the holy penis of Priapus through the holy breath of the Holy Spirit, through the now thinking scientism mind that we have now, you have seen the rising of Abraxas all the way up the spine, which is just the emanation of consciousness, which brings me back to the hive. Oh my God, James, the hive. That it is not fair to insist that a bee colony is evil because they are communists. That's not, that's not the right way to look at it. And that when you start to understand nature, you simply know, wait a minute, this thing's always been here. I just simply am able to see it now. Thank you. Yes. You're just able to see it now, finally. And that forming all around us, the, the sheer uh, failure of people, the failure to launch of certain consciousness in and of itself will have no choice but to breed some sort of hive sentience, some sort of assemblage of life that resembles a hive. And we've seen this with slavery, we've seen this with communism, we've seen this with war, we've seen this with politics, we will see this with the universal income. We will see it, we will see it, we will see it because we have no choice but to form it because that is what is required to grow. It's built into the structure. And I think that's why, I think that's why I like this picture so much of these electric uh, poles. That 60,000 years ago, you and I could have drawn what we think people will use to suspend power in the future, and it would have looked like a man. And the burning man would have been drawn 60,000 years before it was ever known. Why is that? Because there is a shape to this world. And the shape gives it away. And built into the shape is something called a hive. And if you're afraid of the hive, it's because you sense and understand how much power is in it. The same way you did that with 666 when you were little. Don't tell me you didn't, because when you're little, if you had a soul, you were like, 666 is bad. 666 is bad. And it was giving you the psychic framework to vent. You were learning how to vent, which is beautiful. And in a way, you were depositing that energy in the bank so you can grab it now. And, and you're going you're gonna to be in a store. 
And the number 666 is going to come to you in a, in a public way. What I mean is, is either the lady that hands you the receipt is going to give it to you and she's going to say, oh, it's 666. Or you're going to have a, a product that costs 666 and that you were going to have an opportunity to do what I've told you before to do to your own ego, which most of you probably didn't hear that episode because it's been a while. But that the moment that you defend your ego in public is the moment that you level up and you're forever changed. You, you enter a threshold and you can't come back. And the same thing happens with 666. And that you will learn to leverage the witness of someone else around you. It doesn't even matter how quality the witness is. That the next time you get the 666 and, and someone goes, uh-oh, but you want to buy something else? Just say, no, 666 is absolutely my number. And that's all it takes. From that moment on, people will be giving you energy because they trust you. They're like, this man has set a contract with the world and he says that, 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 that he believes that he's capable of handling the energy of 666. I trust this man. And you will give him the prana too. It's the prana economy. It's pheromone based. It's not based on contracts. Based on smell. Femur fermo. The etymology of femur. I've been tracing the etymology all day. And the whole time I've been like, why is this taking so long? And I was like, because it's important. I was like, James, that's what you say about everything. Why is this taking so long? And I cannot. I think there's something huge. To the etymology of femur. I really do. It's the longest bone. I think most of your memories are going to be stored in there. Most of your psychic. You could argue the pelvis is is, is around there. But it's, it doesn't have that, that antenna of your femur. I believe the reason why the skull and the bones. The bones were the femur bones. And I think the reason why it had to be the femur bones. Is because they, they contain the essence of that creature. Right? Geronimo's bones. Let's get back here. It's a disclosure spell. Right? All right, let's do You Must Be This Tall. This is from episode 416. Can I just say, EW says, can I just say, well done in the comments section, everybody. Hey, look at that comments. This guy's clapping for you. Uh, remember back when Sir Truths a lot? That's me. Asked for a peep from the cheap seats, YouTube regular watchers, and had Claire to write, this is a comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was bitching because you guys were like, guys, don't write this is a comment. And if you want to write this a comment, go ahead. But you know what? Why not exercise your ability to be creative? Why not? I mean, like, if you're really lacking that many calories, should you be really watching such a such a show like this? You're not gonna be able to digest these things. It's gonna happen. Hey, there's pie in the house. Had a femur. Yeah, there's got to be something. There's there's something up with the femur. Yeah, yeah. If you break your femur in the wild, you die. It, it's it's there's. There's, there's something to it. And the etymology, I think, is a huge clue. I think there's a huge clue there. Howdy ho, James. It's been a hot minute to catch you live. Nice to hear you. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you too, Karen Dirt. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Um, let's see. Hugh. Hugh says, what does Hugh say? Hugh's done. Uh, Hugh. The smart way to keep people passive and obedient is to strictly limit the spectrum of acceptable opinion, but allow very lively debate within that spectrum of agreed upon objective reality. Well, there you go, Hugh. So it's not actually objective, it's polaritus, right? Polaritus. 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 One of two poles used to extend between two psyches, inserting an entire population to be found somewhere along the line. This is uh, Two Towers, right? 
Jaquim, good to see you, buddy. Boaz, long time no see. James, have you researched the shrouds? Says Pookie. Yes, I have. The reason why I don't do a show about it is because I think that it would uh, ruin some uh, some hearts. I I, uh, uh, I have researched the shroud. I'll just say that. I'll just say that. But thank you for the question. Uh, David's mouse. Can I help in reposting all of your work? Of course, David. Of course you can. You can do it right now. Why are you not, David? David, I've been asking you to repost my work for years now. What is the disconnect here, my friend? I smelt metal. Good. Clean the earth. Recycle metals and rock crystal. I'm lost looking for a tribe. And most importantly, a great teacher. Have I found that tribe? Oh, my goodness, David. I think you found the tribe. Teacher, turns out that the greatest teacher you have fucking smelts metal he's freaking awesome he does he's like really good at it and the tribe that you need is here we have that we have that we have that i encourage you all to consider joining our tribe we have different levels of participation you're going to find some deep deep community in these in these hallowed halls in fact you could you would find that the tribe supersedes me that the amount of dilation that you find in of our tribe has its whole context outside of james in fact there are people in the tribe that secretly not a big fan of the james they're like hey the james not such a big fan but they like everyone else and this is what makes it a beautiful tribe is because you know the cohesion there I, I i i can tell sometimes who these people are and it's cute i think it's adorable because i see that they're like but i really want to engage this person and that person i'm like yeah exactly you know why because i i i i, I pull you know how 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 the, how chicks say they pull men or, or men say they yeah I pull witness, man. I pull good witness. And if you're going to walk around going, there's too many, too many things in the witness, then you're a problem. You're a problem. Uh, Althea, being a netter is the same as my idea of playing the cosmic liar. We are under the dome of the turtle and it's Lambdoma. Ooh, that's nice. It's all musical waves. We are inside a cosmic cymatics machine. I agree, Althea. And the netter is something we talked about in last week's episode. Uh, the Egypt most hieroglyphs are, are netters. It's conceptual. The number two is not actually two ones placed together. The number of two is the meiosis, right? Is the mitosis of something. So the netter is the netter of two is, is the twinning, is the process of creating that. It's not the result. It's the process of that. It's a, it's a, it's a sound, which is what Althea is explaining to you. It's a tone. Right? What is a tone? It's a sine wave between two extremes, as Hugh was just explaining, right? Two extremes. So every single thing that happens here is hermetical spell of Joaquin and Boaz. James, why would the evil people put the spell for all creativity right out in front of everybody? It's like maybe because they're not evil. Maybe they want you to know how to live a good life because if you just were a higher vibration being, you wouldn't try and like butt fuck your kids in these people's yard. Like maybe that's really all it is. Maybe they're just tired of you like chopping your kids' genitals and putting them on a stick and running around telling everybody how holy you are and how you want to burn someone's house down because you're such a good guy. Has it ever considered you that maybe the hermetic ladder has nothing to do with your betterment and purely just making the garden a prettier place? Yeah. All kinds of thoughts going around here, isn't there? 
Eric C. Sometimes I wonder if Egyptian stuff is trolling us. I cannot wait till you guys start to hit these deeper notes that I've been telling you that that the sacrum is the pyramids, that we are inside of homunculus Earth, and that the 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 reason why when you ask Midjourney to to give you uh, a drawing of an ancient Egyptian, all they can give you is hieroglyphics because that's literally all Egypt is. That every single thing that you homunculate, oh my God, oh, oh, someone, someone called Jen. I need to talk to Jen. I'm for Clint. Oh God, that was a good one. Oh God. Uh, oh, when, when you, when you start to understand that everything that you homunculate is exactly as it is in the world, that this is not a fable of what used to be there, but the homunculation of, oh my God, there's another use of the word. Oh God, that's so good. Oh God, that's good. Okay, every homunculation is the netter of the essence of what it is. So the Egyptians were never alive. The Egyptians will always be the land of the black. Where's the land of the black? Where your, where your sacrum is. Where your sacrum is. By the way, check out my episode on the holy bone. Holy cow, there's some cool stuff there. Especially if you like femur. There's a whole bit about the holy bones and, and uh it's a look it's called look i think it's locating the soul i think it's locating the soul i think it's locating the soul and we talk about the sacrum but also the the hebrew concept of the bones uh, just great stuff great stuff but but we're not supposed to like jews i know i know it's weird right it's such a weird world you're in here and i'm telling you to like gay people and jews and eugenics programs and you're like i don't know what to do james I'm confused as fuck, dude. Who do we not like? And I'll tell you, who, you know who you, who you don't like? The people who are not pollinating the world. Yeah, I didn't tell you. I didn't say be a peacenik and like everyone. No, I don't want you to be fake as shit. I want you to not like people with as much gusto as you like people. And, and that means you're going to apply compassion and you're going to find it harder to find someone that you don't like. You're going to find it harder because the more compassion your muscle gets, the harder it's going to find to find someone you don't like. It'll take a lot for, for someone to be unlikable in your eyes. It's brutal. I, I do my best. I still am able to find people. Thank God. I'd be starving out here. But they're there. Um, so, yeah. Eric C., uh, wise man, by the way. That yellow star is right next to his name. He's not because he's Jewish. It's because he's a wise man. Uh, seriously, dude, dude drops a lot of stuff. I, I follow him if you could. Uh, Delta Delta Ivis D- Delta Ivis D- Delta Delta Ivis Del- Delta Ivis. Hi, which subscription includes Google Hard Drive? Uh, the Google I I, I misspell all the time. Uh, Google Hard Drive is a subscription that's going to come with, I think it's Tribe or higher. So. There are some tiers. We're trying to get myself Illuminati confirmed. We are close. I have not even pushed. The, oh, my God. No wonder we're not doing this. I'm supposed to be making you feel guilty as shit for not backing the show with money. Holy shit. I forgot all about that. Uh, you guys should feel guilty as shit for not backing this show with money because money makes the world go around. And and uh, James James needs some, some money. I got to buy gotta buy stuff i gotta buy things there's things i gotta buy y'all i gotta buy things i gotta buy some herb because i ain't got no friends that grow it nearby and it's illegal here i gotta get a new trash can so the trash can is ordered it's on the way but uh, i had to spend 200 guess guess what guys 
freaking car battery for a Honda Element is $278 now. Holy shit. Holy jeez. Man. So yeah, I could really use your help. You know, if you like this stuff, you could back the show up. We're trying to get Illumina 9033. There's all kinds of different levels that you can register. We are at 2851 now, and I and I and we have a staff. And uh, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want the show to keep going. I could use your help. And you could help by, by joining the show. You could help if you're a freeloader who's never once uh, given to the show. Uh, I think you're kind of a piece of shit. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not supposed to say that. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Susan, Susan sent me this note. <clears throat> James, do not yell at your audience, especially the free. Okay, freeloaders. I think you're great, man. I'm like really proud of your ability to siphon off over 400 episodes. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Let me try this again. Uh, freeloaders, I'd like to thank you so much for the opportunity to have your witness and maybe with the possibility of in the future, you know, maybe after another 400 fucking episodes that I've made for absolute... For, oh, I'm sorry. Susan, we're going to have to come up with better copy. That's just not working. 400... In 19 episodes, do you realize that episode 420 is next? Oh my God, what is James going to do for episode 420? 419 episodes. And you freeloaders who haven't given anything, still, still nothing? On the very month of my daughter's wedding, where I'm asking you, can you please join the show? And you're still not going to do it? It's told me something. It's educated me about our relationship that you and I have. Yeah. You, me, yeah. This ain't gonna work. You know why? Because we're, we're siphoning off the backs of others that are paying your way. You can't say that I don't pay my way. I work my ass off producing this show. This takes a while. Spectral c compiles all of these comments. She doesn't know what to put in there. She's just like, I think I'm gonna try this. And it works. You know why it works? Because we have the uh, wind. We have the patron wind. We need your help. Join the patron. Look. They want me to get a bear bin. I used to feed the bears. Now the town's telling me, no, no, you have to give us $1,075 or you can't throw your trash away. I've got a giant pile of trash in my yard. And today I had to buy a new battery from my former car just to get it to move. Why? Because, because I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. I've been finagling without a car for six years now. I got one last November. I didn't know if it was going to work because I got it off Craigslist, so I kept the old car. Now I can sell it because I have a new battery. And I'm doing all this just so I can produce some more show. And I like bears. I don't want to... I don't want to... Look at this bear. He's like, dude, how do we... James, James, I can't get in this, this trash can no more, James. How are we going to get some food with no trash can, James? What's going to happen, right? I'll figure something out. But yeah, this show could use your help. We really could. I, I don't think we're going to be uh, producing a weekly show anymore. I've set the bar at 3300 um, per month. And I know that the second I get that, just because of hardships, it's just how Patreon works. But like as soon as the next month comes, you know, a, a lot of those people will, will, will cancel. And if you do not think, if you think that that, that is too much, for the show and, and that it shouldn't get that uh, and you want to keep freeloading, the show is just going to, it's just going to go away. I'm not supposed to call you a freeloader. It says right here, do not call them freeloaders. 
you're freeloaders. You know that. You and I both, you know how I know that? Because you know that I'm talking to you. Meanwhile, everyone else, they're just kind of whistling. Sarah's probably like doing something with her nails. Someone else is just like doing it because they know that I'm, they know I'm not talking to them. They know I'm talking to you. Do you realize that all the cortisol that's flowing through your system right now was completely avoidable and all you had to do was just join the show just once? You know, I've told you guys, how many times have I told you, hey, if you're a patron and, and, and you run out of steam and you need the juice, cut it off because you still helped. You know what I mean? I've, I, I, do you know anyone else who tells the patrons that? Because I do that. And that none of this cortisol, some of you have canceled, you canceled two months ago and you don't feel bad because you were there and you remembered me telling you that I'm talking to you. You know, I'm talking to you. You know, I am. Why are you doing this, man? Why is it? Why is this you want to hear? Is this what you want to hear instead? Do you realize the truths that we dropped last week about the Egyptian book of the dead being actually waking life? Who, who the fuck is telling you that? Who is telling you that? Right? No one. This show is. This show is. And you get the airships afterwards. You get all my books. You get all this content. There's a free audio book Easter egg that I can't even tell you about right now. And there's all these opportunities to give. And it's like $9 is the lowest level. $19 is the next level. As soon as you get that, you're instantly subscribed to a newsletter and you're, and you're welcomed into a community where we have gatherings. What is your problem? What is your problem? Seriously. Do you want, do you, do you want more Fox news? Because keep watching for free. That's what you get when you watch for free. That's what you get. But Jane's my witness. No, 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 no. Guess what? Your witness is not the same as my witness in this scenario. You know why? Because I can't fucking see you. I can't make fun of your shirt. I can't tell you there's shit hanging out of your nose when it's not. I can't leave bullshit for you to, that you have to read in the morning every time you wake up. No, no, no. Not only that, you're not spending 60 hours doing fucking research to come to this. So no, don't tell me that your witness is equal to my witness. It's not. If you want to go do all those things and show up, then I will excuse you. You will not have to contribute to the show, but you're not going to do that. You shouldn't have to do that. You know why? Because all you have to do is pay like $9 a month. It's like the simplest thing. And you get to say, I'm producing the show. You literally get your name in the credits. There's like a win, 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 win for everyone. Everyone wins. But I'm still here twisting your damn arm because I'm trying to get this just meager living to have three people working so we can do more stuff, right? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you making me scold you right now in front of all these wonderful people? Don't cry. You know what? Cry. Cry like a bitch. You deserve it. You could have avoided this for like nine bucks. Seriously, man. Nine bucks. So which subscription includes Google hard drive? It, it, you were excused from all these things, Deltavis, because you were actually asking. But you also could have found that on a Patreon. They're all right there. And so there's Google Access. There's a Discord drive. There's a Telegram group. There's even a, a new Oracle program. And we're starting a night school next week. And you get free tuition of that. And you get, uh, fuck, like 400, 400 videos that you've never seen before, ever. 400 of them of our after shows, of our dojos. You know what? I don't, I don't think I even want to, it, it should not be this hard to tell you that this thing's legit. James True Live, three years running. We went through 13, 13, I counted, 13 community strikes, 13 of them. I kept telling you over and over, this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. This consistently through it all. 
regardless of who said what, regardless of how much audience I lost. I insisted that you needed to know this because this is the truth and I can't not render my reality without seeing it that way. And you're literally telling me that right now, I've, I, I rarely ever ask for this. I tried to do this in April. It didn't work. I'm pushing it more now. Do you want the show to stay on? Do you want it to stay on? Because if you do, it's not that hard. And stop pretending like you're emptying a vein and you're going to fucking die because you're giving me $9 a month. I know how much you spend. I know how expensive things are in the world. I know that when you walk into the convenience store, you're the fucking king of Siam. And you're like, peanuts, $16, that sounds wonderful. And here I am working like, fuck, man. Like, full time, every day. And you can't come in once and buy a freaking latte? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Boy, James, you're really upset. Well, I'm upset because of all the other people that have been like patiently waiting for this, this jerk right here to come on board. And he's still sitting there. He's got his hand up his fucking nose right now. I will never give to you, James Stroh. Because I like my victimhood. And I know the moment that I give you money, I enter into a psychic contract to elevate myself in my posture. And so, even though I am from France, I am speaking for everyone all around the world. That if I do not give money, it is because I do not want to grow. This is an alchemical opportunity to enter into a sacred, magical ritual with a bunch of people that have Illuminati 33 themselves. And you're literally asking me to try and sell it to you versus just giving good content out? Come on. Please, shit. Man, shit. Uh, serious reptilian overlords love brains on a plate. I guess so. But don't you understand that reptilian overlords are your brain on a plate? It's called a pond, right? Sirius probably knew that. It's probably like a, a deep, dude's got a pirate flag. It's probably like a deep, deep thoth, right? We even have our own secret words here. And if you were part of Patreon, you would already know that. You'd already be like, oh my God, that's, uh, there's Renee. Holy shit. We should like figure something out because, oh my God, here she comes. It's uh, places everyone, right? It's so much magic is happening all around here. And you're just like, I do not want to give to your airship, even though I've never seen one so beautiful fly so high before. And I still listen, but I will not give you nothing because money is evil or whatever fucking trick you tell yourself. It's gross though, dude. This jerk tried it the other day. I'm going to send you a gift card from Target because I don't believe in money. And I'm like, okay, fuck Target. Why don't you go sell the gift card and then send me that money? The reason why you're saying you can't do that is because you, you do not. You will not enter into any kind of symbiotic relationship with anything in this canopy, which is why you insist the world is so evil because that's how fucking selfish you are. You know that saying where it's like actually selfish is even... Not, not even a bad word, but, but this is what I have to say. But you know that there's that, uh, that adage where on both sides of the spectrum, there's the same thing. Uh, multiple cars, right? If you're on the poor side, you have multiple cars. If you're super rich, you have multiple cars, right? Well, guess what? Greed and stinginess works the same way. The most generous people that support the show consistently, always, every single time, are people like you, fucktard, who's sitting on your couch right now and won't give. They're just like, those are the generous ones. 
And you are the closest you will ever be to sticking your fucking head through the eye of that needle and feeling the power of potlatch on the other side. And you're telling me no. And you're probably telling me no because of some victimhood algorithm you've got worked up. Well, well, maybe the rich people. Trust me. I console with these rich people. They do not give like that. You'd think they would. All it would take is one. They don't. They squeeze their sphincter higher than anyone else. You know why? Because they atrophy the same reason why you atrophy. There's a sweet spot right in the middle, my friends. You're going to find it. You're going to pick one of those patron tears. And you're going to cry like a baby tonight for the first time ever because it feels good to be an Aquarius. It feels good to be powering an engine that's going to change you. And you're going to say, James, what do you mean? And you're going to notice I've got this class. And you're going to notice you get to come for free. And you're going to be like, holy fuck, I want to join Dojo. And this whole alchemical process started. And next thing you know, you're embracing the rainbow, but you're not gay. Next thing you know, you're, you're out there talking to autists. The next thing you know, you're, you're literally watching the circumference of the hive form itself around you. And you're calm and you're grounded because you know who the fuck you are and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. How to Believe in Atheism. Jason Martinez. I recently visit a beloved relative who developed a condition years ago wherein she began to hear a strange male voice and experience hallucinations that no one else can hear or see. It was a frustrating process, but she had now been stabilized or medicated and has come to accept the voices and integrate or alchemize it into her world. James would correctly attribute her condition to a wide open aperture. And it's true. This new course that we started that you'll actually get a free ticket for if you were a patient before May ends, and that's not going to happen to you, fuck that guy right there. You're not going to fucking do it. But everyone else, if you were to join Patreon right now, you actually would, would find, oh my God, there's a free little bonus here. But we're starting the uh, Monday School Monday, and this is a big, a big part of that. The shamanic journey through hallucinations. Uh, I know that many, many people who listen like to separate the mental illness from what you would call normal society, and you would include yourself in that too. But if you really start to trace the role of the conspiracy theorist, uh, and one thing you'll learn in this course is that, believe it or not, the conspiracy theorist is on an, an alchemical journey of the shaman. I can't tell you more because I'm going to spoil the course, and frankly, I'm tired of appealing to freeloaders. But... Um, it will be, uh, all this will be seen, um, and come to light, uh, in the next, uh, next 16 weeks. Yeah. 16. <laughs> we've got, we've got some big courses coming up. I, I've been knowing that maybe Patreon wasn't going to be the best model. I've been sort of preparing for this. I, although I'd love it. If you guys want to meet, meet me at 33, I'll keep doing the show as is. I, I'd be happy to, it's fine to do that, but let's here. I just hit refresh. Let's see. Yeah. It hasn't gone up. It, nothing, nothing changed just then. And if that little complaint changed it, I think we've already squeezed the maximum uh, fuel out of this crowd, which is huge, by the way. It's literally 2851, and that's 163 people. 163 people believe that you should have had this content for free, and now we're, we're going to move it and create something, uh, something better, I think. I also think that the moment that you start to wrap it outside of the realm of free, you start to enter into an alchemical contract with other people that take you seriously. This was a problem with one of our latest mods. I didn't realize that energetically he was insisting it's evil to accept money for these things. And I'm starting to realize that every alchemical transaction that I've ever had in my life, ever, has probably involved some kind of money as part of it. It's a legitimizing of it. You're accepting responsibility. Kind of the bitch I had, remember the beef that I had with Crow was that Crow could not actually commit to something. He couldn't say, I will definitely be there on 
He wanted to have the uh, presence of, of people thinking he was coming, but never, ever actually commit. And that's the same kind of freeloading energy that's not going to really work here. Um, Jason goes on to explain his, uh, this woman's ideas of her breaches in judgment, uh, this idea of the demon attack versus the Christian mindset. Um, I actually think it's a, it's a beautiful read. I'm going to give you a chance to screen screen capture it. The only reason why I'm not reading it um, is simply because I noticed that when I read a long comment, I just sound, I think I completely uh, do it injustice. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it's, these are, these are some of the things that, that we talk about. This was from the episode, how to believe in atheism, by the way, which was uh, explaining the atrophy of the belief muscle and uh, the mammalian uh, sonar of belief, something that I've never heard any other show talk about. And, uh, it used to be free to you last month, you know, um, that used to be free. And, uh, let's see, two, eight, five. Oh my God. Someone just, uh, someone just raised it $8. Who did that? Who did that? One of you just raised it $8. Thank you so much for that extra witness. Thank you. This is exactly what we need. Exactly what we need. Yeah. AC2B. Thank you for joining and Soraya. So I guess it just takes a little bit of time. Thank you both for joining. Welcome aboard, y'all. Thank you. Thanks a lot. These guys are like, they ain't talking about me. They ain't talking about me. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll have some more because it would be great to keep doing the show and we're so close. But again, guys, we just need that. Uh, bad news on Rockfin. Apparently they're showing commercials now. Please let me know if that's happening to you. I want to know about it. That was never part of the arrangement that I had. And if I'm if it turns out that you were seeing commercials and it wasn't a one-time thing, I need to know because, uh, um, yeah, I need to figure out what that, what's actually going on there. Um, one of the benefits to Rockfin is that they were, uh, all the YouTube episodes that were removed, those are still in Rockfin. So I do appreciate their uh, ability to at least preserve our content as much as we can as we try and stay alive through this uh, sea of all the other things happening. So there you go. Um, all right. We, speaking of, of, uh, after the show, we have an airship starting. In fact, Tom is already in the room. Uh, airship number 50 is today starts in seven minutes. And if you were to join the proper tier, which hopefully that will explain it to you well on Patreon or on J true, you could join us for airship now. Um, so hope to see you there. And, uh, I think we're going to do a show on Friday. I think. Uh, I want to do a special shout out to our first ever mound sponsor. I can't believe it. Uh, really, really huge shout out to you. I'm actually not going to say your name because I have not asked this yet. And so, but I want you to know, I want everyone to, to, instead of a moment of silence, I would love a moment of exuberance, please, for the sponsor of the mound. It's actually uh, in, integral to why I was able to do a show today. And for why I think that there's actually hope that we might make this, that we just need a few of the lazy fucks that are on, uh, I'm sorry, as Susan said, a few of the wonderful people who watch our show for free. Thank you so much, you lazy, I mean, you wonderful person. So, uh, yeah, thanks to you, we can, uh, we will, we will keep going and, uh, yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, Spectral, thank you so much for putting this show together. I don't think I would have done a show today had you not taken the time to pull together viewer witness. Um, it really, really, uh, really helps. And, uh, by the way, if you guys may have noticed that there's been a lot of shorts added, these little one minute clips that are, uh, uh, going out every day at 11 AM. That is the wonderful editing work of Spectral Valkyrie. Some of you may know her as Athena or, 
she has a tribal name, but oh, Raymond Smith just became a patron. Thank you so much, Raymond. And actually, he's been one. He just upped his pledge. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, you guys are great. Thank you. Thank you. And Freeloaders, fuck you. I mean, thank you, Freeloaders. Thank you for this opportunity to allow other people to hold your ass up and wipe it so you can live here on this place. Really appreciate you. How's that, Susan? I guess I'm going to get a little a little uh, scolding by... Uh, the elder committee members and uh yeah so i'm looking forward to that see i will i will even be scolded for you guys and uh thank you autumn what did you just do autumn oh my goodness come on guys we're almost there we're almost at illuminati 33 big party remember aluminum uh illuminati 33 james releases some photos of his genitals yeah if that's a deterrent, then I want you to just change that. The Jays will remove the photos of his genitals. You can take that either way. I would lean towards the latter. But yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Hope you're having a great day. I am watching these new pledges come in. Thank you so much, guys. I love doing this show. And I really, really believe that there's a model that would work where we're still putting out free content, but it actually is still paid for by people that just really believe in the nutrients that we're putting out here, which is why I try and do so many community things on the back end. So if you want to join us, it would be the perfect time. If you want to sit there on a couch like a fucking freeloader, I mean, if you want to sit there and not do anything, then I'm sure things will be just fine. I'm sure they will not affect the world at all that you being a lazy fuck and all that so yeah guys that would be oh elijah has joined the mighty group thank you guys we will play the song for elijah and autumn and raymond and ac2b and soraya and elizabeth elizabeth is back despite the war that she endured so big crowd ladies and gentlemen have a beautiful day we'll see you soon Let me know what you think in the comments about the show. Really appreciate you guys. I don't, if the credits don't show, I am so sorry. I just we've been fixing them. Everything's being retooled. Oh, there they go. Everybody dance. I'm gonna stop talking.
was filmed in front of a live studio audience, except for the freeloaders that are still sitting on their ass. And I'd like to give a special shout out to Jamie Jimmy, Chris McGuire, Einstein Lamed. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to doing a lot together.